Coming up on the GM Shuffle, maybe the opposite of the year as Washington takes down the Bucs. Cam Newton's homecoming in Carolina was one to remember. The Packers shut out Seattle. Did the Seahawks rush Russell back too soon? Both the Patriots and the Chiefs dominate, and yet another tie. There's no tying in football. Our Week 10 recap. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good to have you with us here in the GM Shuffle. Lots to get into, as you just heard there off the top, particularly that Washington upset over the Bucks. But, Mike, people are still buzzing about Stevie Van Zant. Our fantastic interview, and the good news is this, part two is coming up on the next episode of the GM Shuffle. I think the key was that you told him you had listened to the book and you loved hearing his laugh. He's got an all-time laugh. I tried to describe it to somebody, and I said, it's like a guffaw, it's like a childlike giggle, like a, <laughs> one of those kind of laughs. It's a great laugh. And I thought it was genuine, and he's so genuine. I mean, you just have to fall in love with his genuineness and his ability to kind of put words into action. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, he's a man of action. He he didn't mess around and he was, it was great. I'm, I'm just delighted to have him. But we also have great news today too, AD. And I, I suspect Cetaphile to get all over this right now is JFK. We can, we can, we can watch it on Showtime. It's the two hour version of the four hour version. So, I mean, I am so into that. I mean, I'm going to have to play hooky from work and watch that twice, <laughs> three times, maybe four. I don't know. But I'm going to do that. I'm so I'm so jacked for that. And thank you to uh, the, the man who runs GM Resuffle. He's been tremendous for us. We appreciate him tremendously for the work. I, how about the picture he posted today of, uh, of Clemenza teaching Michael how to cook? <laughs> And it's I said, don't, yeah. don't you think Clemenza could teach us all how to cook? I mean, wouldn't that be like a great cooking school? Like go to, <laughs> go to the house, have Clemenza there, the big fat guy with a white apron on and telling you how to make gravy. I mean, it would be just ideal, wouldn't it? Well, I think the key is that. I'd sign up for that. I'd remember, sign up for that. Remember before we talked about Joe Pesci when he's making the salad in the Irishman, we want to have one of his salads. Yeah. The, what would be better, a Joe Pesci salad from the Irishman or a fat Clemenza? The fact that they refer to Clemenza as fat Clemenza, that's when you know this guy knows his food. It's so so good. And you know, it's funny. I, when I, I watched The Irishman a bunch, but ever, I watched two scenes in The Irishman repeatedly. I watched the scene where he makes the sour. Don't you call him. Don't call him. You know, when he's going to kill Hoffa. And, he, and then I watched the ice cream scene with, with, oh, with, with, with Pacino. Al, Al Pacino. I mean, you know, I, I think Pacino must have his 
must have watched a ton of tape on Jimmy Hoffa because he has him down cold. Oh, yeah. You know? All the mannerisms. They said he was always listening to him with the earbuds in, listening to Hoffa's voice. It, it really is spectacular. Speaking of spectacular, let's get to the football. Washington knocks up the Bucks. Oh, my gosh. This is the year of the upset. Like, what the hell is going on? The last couple of weeks, you're like, what? Jacksonville was a 15-and-a-half-point underdog, and they beat the Bills. And now Washington beats the Bucks. You and I have talked about the fact this defense is so overrated, and now they show up? Now they show up against the Buccaneers? Five sacks, two picks off Brady in the first quarter alone. We'll get to Heineke in a second, but how about this D? Jack Del Rio fired him up. Jack Del Rio did fire him up. I mean, look, they've played well the last two weeks. You know, they played well in Green Bay. They played well against Denver. They didn't have any wins to show for it, but they actually have held teams to under 300 yards. But more than anything, this game here, their offense. I mean, you know, the the, the Bucks are just lingering around. It's 23. They missed the extra point, AD. It's 23 to 19. And the Washington football team gets the ball with 10 minutes left to go. And you just know, like, you know, on my, one of my, uh, I did the Christopher Russo this week and I took Washington in the nine and a half. Of course, I love how he rips me for my picks and I'm ahead of him. You know, Mike had a bad week last week. He was one and two. Well, you still had a bad week, you know, like it's the best. He's so competitive. I love it. I love it. Anyway, there's so much, now that we know Stevie, there's so much on the line, but anyway, so they get the ball back with with 10 minutes to go in the game, and the Washington football team goes on a 19-play, 10-minute drive. They run the game out. I mean, it was remarkable. They win the game. They score a touchdown. They put the game. Brady never gets back on the field. Brady was only on the field for 20 minutes of the game. You know, and they look like, to me, watching the tape this morning, they look like a team that was still on the bye week. They didn't execute really well. They weren't precise in what they were doing. And Brady, and and one of the reasons I went with Washington on the pick was because Brady loves Gronk. He loves Antonio. When you start to take away his security blankets, he don't trust very many people. You know, he just doesn't trust very many people. He would be a great mafia boss. He, he, you'd never get him on the phone. You'd never get him talking to anybody, right? He trusts very few, and and I think this game was was symbolic of that. And look, the Washington offensive line deserves a ton of credit. Ron Rivera deserves a ton of credit because he got his team ready to play coming out of a bye. Chase Young, unfortunately, is done for the year. So you wonder. I mean, torn ACL. How big a loss is that going to be for Washington? But ultimately, Heineke was great as well. I mean, it's one thing, like you said, the defense steps up, we got that. But a passer rating of 110.4, Heineke only had six incompletions on 32 attempts, 256 yards, and perhaps most importantly, Mike, zero interceptions. Yeah, I mean, he was really good. Heineke made, and he made he made good decisions with his feet. He was able to, you know, he 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 made he ran with the football when he when he when the plays broke down, and they converted third downs. I mean, that's what they were able to do in this game. They were able to convert third downs, and they gave a ton of trouble. They gave a ton of trouble to the to this Tampa Buck defense. Devin White was sensational in the game, but the lack of secondary help, it really showed up here in this game and it caused them to lose. And, you know, the Bucs get the Giants on Monday night back home. The Bucs don't cover on the road either. That's the other issue. They haven't been able to cover as much on the road as you would think they would. So, you know, to me, I think this is, this was a great learning tool for the for the Washington, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that they have to play better. And the other thing was, there was no balance. I mean, they only had the ball 20 minutes, so you know they couldn't get anything going with their run game. They couldn't really control the game, get control of the game because of that. 
Also want to ask you about Vita Vea, the fact that nose tackle carted off with an injury that final play of that 80-yard drive. Devin White after saying, you just hate to see him keep going down. I'm going to miss playing with him the rest of the season. How impactful do you think Vita Vea, if he's done? That's huge. If he's out for a while, that's huge. I mean, you remember last year when he was gone? He came back in December when he got healthy. With that period when he wasn't healthy, when he wasn't on the field, that really hurts them. I mean, Roaches will play well and sue and all that, but Vita Vea is a big, big time. He's a blue chip player. He's one of the top five defensive tackles in all of football. Hard to overcome that guy. That guy's great. So Tom Brady in the offense did not have a first half touchdown just the fifth time in the past two seasons. Clearly a strong effort by Washington and they pull off the victory. Next up here on the GM Shuffle, not just Washington pulling off the upset against Tampa, but how about the Cardinals and the Panthers? Carolina shows up for Cam Newton's homecoming. First two touches resulted in a touchdown. The first a two-yard run. The second a two-yard pass to Robbie Anderson. And he said afterwards, I'm just floating at an all-time high frequency. It's almost scary. Now, part of this, Mike, listen, Colt McCoy's in for Kyler Murray. I get that. The Cardinals don't have their, their quarterback. They're ready to go. But the fact that Cam was able to come back and like he didn't miss a beat, I mean, this was pretty cool story. I, I thought it was uplifting. I think Cam gave the Panthers what they needed. You know, it gave them juice. It, to quote the John Gruden, it gave them juice. I mean, he gave them some life. Their offense kind of had it. It was funny. You know, my son Matthew's the assistant quarterback coach uh, of the Panthers. And so Cam walks into the room to, and, you know, he comes in to meet him. And I, and I don't even know how the hell he did this, but like he looks at Matthew, who doesn't look like my oldest son, Mick. I think they look too, they look completely different. And he's like, you're Mick's brother. Wow. Like, and he had no idea. He had no idea that, you know, Matt was there. I had no idea you were here. Like, I mean, like he, the guy's in tune. Like he saw similarities in the two guys, which I don't see. Millie and I both agree. Like we didn't, I don't see that, but it was remarkable. This guy's got special leadership skills. He really does. He can get people to unify themselves together. And that's what happened. I mean, he went out there and played a bad team in Arizona. Colt McCoy wasn't very good. This defense had some juice to him. They're flying all over. They score 17 points in the first quarter. The game's over before halftime. And a lot of it is because, you know, he comes in on, for the fir- I mean, the first run he has, AD, it looks like he's going to lose two yards. Next thing you know, he walks in the end zone, screams, I'm back, gets a penalty, but and I'm back. You know, he gives them some life. Now they got Washington this week will be a great game. But now their defense, you know, is good enough to really co- to beat and play anybody in the National Football League. Their offense, if it doesn't turn the ball over and with McCaffrey, they're pretty good. It was a great uplifting win. I was happy for Cam. I really was. I was happy for the kid because to me, he there, there isn't 31 other teams. Like there's, he deserves to play in the league. And now this is going to be his opportunity. You know, they say Darnold's out for the year, which I think that's probably right. You know, Cam can maybe start walk himself into a job here. Yeah, and the fact that Newton, as you said, Mike, it wasn't just the fact he played well, but he helped everybody else. P.J. Walker had the majority of the snaps. He was 22 of 29 for 167. Newton was there for mainly short yardage, but McCaffrey is back. 95 yards. He caught 10 passes for 66 yards. I know the headline is Cam, and for good reason, but I keep telling myself, listen, if McCaffrey's back and ready to go, he, he is such a difference maker for this team. No doubt. He he generates their offense and everything they do, especially on short passing. P.J., P.J., uh, P.J. Walker. Yeah. A Walker was able to throw. Yeah, I, I always want to call him P.J. Tucker. P.J. Walker was the always. The NBA player, P.J. Tucker. Yeah, the NBA. I get my P.J.'s confused, you know. How about those Springsteen's favorite sandwich? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich at 3 o'clock in the morning, big glass of milk. Yeah. Colbert, great interview. Anyway, oh, but, so. But, but, no, speaking, now you mentioned that. I was going to save that for the pop culture minute. How about when he asked Bruce your favorite song other than your own? 
Awesome pick. Sinatra, Summer Wind. The Summer Wind, which I dedicated my book to Millie on the Summer Wind. I mean, I see I'm getting closer, AD. I'm getting closer <laughs> to the guy. I'm, get, I'm, I'm closely there. I'm actually might shake his hand before I die. I actually might. Anyway, uh, well, we'll keep that for the pop culture minute. But anyway, you, you know, I mean, look, t- uh, Walker, every time he needed to make a play, throw it to McCaffrey. I, I think I think now that they got a week to get going with, with, with Cam, I'm not saying this offense is going to be great. By no means. I'm not not saying Cam's great either, but Cam gives them leadership. And I think it's really important. And I think it's really kind of obvious that you can see the team rally around their leader. And they didn't have a leader. Nobody was rallying around Sam. You could say Sam turns the ball over too much, no doubt. But the one thing Sam isn't is an alpha male. He's not able to take players and make them better. And, and one thing Cam can do, he convinces them they're all a little better than they really are. Right. And that's part of leadership, having that confidence, instilling it in others. A thought on Carolina's defense as well, Hassan Reddick sacking McCoy. He played his first four NFL seasons for the Cardinals for signing with the Panthers in the offseason. He's got nine and a half sacks so far this year. And then early fumble recovery, interception, and a fourth down stop. So D played well. And I want to get your thoughts, Mike, on the contract. $10 million deal for Newton includes four and a half million fully guaranteed and a one and a half billion dollar roster bonus, at least for one week. It's a steal. Yeah. No, I mean, look, the, the, it's a it's a bargain basement deal for a quarterback and help them win a game. And they've got they got seven games to go. And and that's this defense is a playoff caliber defense. Make no mistake about it. They can go somewhere with their defense and they get better. I'll tell you what's going to happen in Carolina. They're going to practice better this week. They'll have better practices because this guy's there. And the influence of what Cam's been through in New England, understanding how it takes them to win, what they do to prepare to win. You know, I think that's going to translate itself into Carolina. I told Matt Rule, I said, this is, you know, your team looked like your team yesterday for the first time. It definitely was a great victory for Carolina, not only to win, but to do so against Arizona, a team that's eight and two, a hell of a homecoming for Cam Newton. Then we get to the game that we really couldn't understand at all. Packers and Seahawks. All right, everyone's yeah. hyping this up. Hey, going to be an offensive showdown. Romo's fired up. Nance is fired up. Let's go. I look up late in the first half, three nothing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Ends up being 17 to nothing. And again, you mentioned last week that you almost had a concussion after Booger McFarland said that Odell Beckham's one of the top 10 receivers. By the way, how about my guy Booger immediately texting me, go, give me Lombardi's number. I'm going to call him right now and bust his balls. I love it. I, I love it. He called me. You know, I got to tell you a great Booger story. So, you know, it, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, this is this is so long ago, but you know, there's always a the player you're watching on tape. You you know, this is when we would go on the road, and and I can remember we were out at the uh, Marriott out in Santa Clara, and Jim Schwartz is with us. It's me, it's Belichick, Ozzy, I think was out there, and we would just set up like our campus out there, and we would go to the East West Shrine game, and then the next week we're going to go to the Senior Bowl. So I'm like, we're out there watching tape. We got a big, big screen and we got the beta cams and Schwartz brought all the tape and we're watching them. And I'm like, who is that guy? And I'm watching, we're watching LSU and like, who is that guy? And oh, that's, that's so like, we have no idea. You know, this is, this is so long ago, AD. There's no Google to go Google who that guy is. Right. (laughs) So I call the office, get the LSU media guide out, will you? And so look up number, I forget who the what number it was, and it's Booger McFarlane. And he was a true freshman. I'm like, holy shit, we got to keep our eye on that guy. I could still remember he was, I mean, he was kicking ass in the Southeast Conference at an early age. And he called me last week. It was great to talk to him. And it was awesome. And and, and, and we were talking about Beckham and, you know, and 
where Beckham should go. I thought he should go to Green Bay. He goes to the Rams and, you know, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But the prelude to that is when broadcasters say things that give you a concussion. We love Jim Nance and Tony Romo. They said at one point, Mike, with two minutes left, the Seahawks are going to be fine. I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean by fine? And Nance actually called Romo on it. He goes, well, what do you mean by that? Like, they're about to be three and six. They scored zero points. Russell Wilson's injured. Like, no, they're done, Tony. The Seahawks are over. It's over. Yeah, I, you know, it's like last night. I mean, Chris Collinsworth talking about the genius of Andy Reid's play calling when he runs the tight end delay in the touchdown. Everybody runs that play. Like, everybody runs that play, you know? And then, you know, it's like, and then he's talking about how, you know, tra- it's just, it, he's talking about how one, the tight end took away the cut. Co- they were playing cover two and he threw the ball down the middle of the field. <laughs> I mean, like Darren Waller was, it doesn't matter who was over there. It was like, oh, it's a whole other, but anyway, look, I, and this is, this is, this, I mean, this is a three nothing game into the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, Russ didn't cook. Obviously, Clemenza might want to teach him a lesson on cooking. I think that was a great one. Don't let Russ cook. But uh, I, I think, you know, when you watched it I, and I was watching it, it's 10 to nothing. And I recommended Seattle on my picks. I recommended Seattle and obviously was wrong, but I thought they would play better. But obviously, Russell, the whole offense wasn't really ready to play. There was no real execution credit to Green Bay's defense. But it's 10 nothing to boss at midfield. I mean, all he's got to do is lead him down there, get it 10-7, make it a close game. And he throws it a ball into double coverage. Like, I wasn't quite sure what the hell was going on. If you would have told me before the game, Seattle holds Green Bay to 17 points, I'd say Seattle wins. I would have thought so as well. AJ Dillon rushes for two fourth quarter touchdowns. Started to see some snowflakes at one point. Aaron so Rodgers. Is, it? Oh, it was great. I'm like this is. is there ever, I mean, whenever there's snow on Lambeau Field, it's great. Like uh, it just it feels like even if you know if you're in Florida, you want to build a fire when you see that. Like it just looks so good, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's earlier the better. You go mid November snow. Like yeah, let's go. Better you guys than us. Uh, Rodgers twenty three of thirty seven, two ninety two. He did throw an interception, but the Packers win eight of their last nine games. Say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, Mike, and uh, clearly there's been a lot of shots taken at him, but he didn't, I mean, he didn't practice all week. The guy shows up and it was great. And even he himself said, there's always going to be criticism in the world. I don't define myself by the criticism, but I understand it's a part of this because this issue is definitely polarizing. So I think as long as he keeps his mouth shut, let's just play to the talking, all good by the Packers. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a football podcast. I mean, we'll talk about football, you know, and he's great at football. That's what he's great at, you know, and, and I hope everybody gets vaccinated. I do, but he's great at football. Green Bay's first shutout since against the Bills, September 30th of 2018. I want to know just, did you get a thought from Big Daddy Vince in this game? Because he must have been losing I did not. I did. Okay. Well, I mean, he, you know, it, 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 Big Daddy doesn't have a Sunday ticket so uh-huh. he can't watch it he relies on scott hansen which he you know literally if, if scott hansen ends up missing uh, big daddy's <laughs> is the guy with the first suspect in the case because he's liable <laughs> he's liable to take him out because he thinks he doesn't see enough packer highlights on the red zone channel and all that and, and, and i mean you know like I, I i every week i think i have a scott hansen moment that outdoes the last one <laughs> every week it's just another week it's another week he, he, you know it's it's unbelievable. You're not going to be able no, to top the Josh Allen. Yeah. No, no. The Josh Allen on Josh Allen crime, you're never going to top. Although, you know, he, I mean, it was great that he saluted the soldier that came back in, but he didn't have to do it for eight minutes. Like, it was like, okay, like, I know you want to be on camera, Scott. Like, but okay, can we just get back to the games here? And I'm all for the veterans, but like, can we get back to the games? Like, I want to see some highlight. I want to see what's going on. You know, it's like, what's going on? I love when he coaches both teams. 
you know, and he coaches both teams. And then he makes a mistake and he corrects himself. And then he cuts, then he, then he corrects the coaches. It's really, it's, it it could, if Saturday Night Live gave a shit, it would be a hell of a skit. Yeah. See, I've got the Sunday ticket, but then I got Siciliano on Red Zone. So I'm missing all the Scott Hansen fun that you're getting. So I, I, Uh, you're not missing anything. You're not missing anything. I can tell you that right now. If I could go to Siciliano, I would. I can't. I'm trapped. (laughs) How about, speaking of just odd plays, DK Metcalf gets ejected from the game and tried to go back on the field. Nancy's like, I've never seen that before. What is this guy doing? Like, I've never seen it. He's somewhat out of control, that guy. I mean, it's like something's going on. You know, like to me, like he, he, like you almost expect him to get in a fight every single play. Like I, I, he's got some anger issues. They got to get a control of him. I mean, really, that's that's serious. So you get thrown out of the game and you're trying to come back in. The league office is going to look into that. Yeah, he, they, he twice grabbed face Max. They didn't cast him the first time, but as I said, the second time you're doing it right in front of the ref, like, come on, dude, you're going to get caught. So obviously, horrible loss there for the Seahawks. They're in real trouble. Coming up next, the Patriots and Chiefs look dominant in their wins. Is KC setting up for another Super Bowl run? The Titans sneak out another win without Derrick Henry, and the Lions break their losing streak, but they still can't get a win. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but... It has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you gotta do, go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 
168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Saints and the Titans as Tennessee's defense keeps it going. They sacked Trevor Simeon four times, harassed him all day. The Saints were all but Alvin Kamara, but could only manage 70 yards rushing to Mark Ingram and Taysom Hill. Listen, the Titans win again without Derrick Henry, Mike. It was a tight game, obviously just a two-point win, but just to go back to your point about Mike Vrabel, uh, Vrabel's got that defense going, 21 points. They shut down New Orleans. They did a great job, but I tell you, the, the, the MVP of this game for the Titans is Jerome Booger. I mean, he makes a call in the end zone on pass. They they call rough in the passer. That's just one of the worst calls you've ever seen. And it was a play where the, the Saints got an interception. So not only do they lose the lose the ball back, they give them a chance. Then they stop them. They get a a, pers- a pass interference call, right call. I think it was the right call. But then they score the touchdown. So they're a fourteen point deficit right there. That instead of getting the ball back. And not having it, they lose seven. So it's a seven-point deficit, not 14-point. My math is horrible. So, you know, I mean, like it was just one of those games. And then they fumble the opening kickoff of the second half. And and then they give the Saints credit. They're tough-minded. They come back. Simeon throws a great touchdown pass to make the score 23-21. And they can't get the two-point conversion. You know, you miss those extra points. And it's just, you know, you miss those extra points and it's a killer. You know, it's you're chasing those points all day long, and it becomes really hard. And this is another week, AD, where the Titans' offense really didn't do very much. They really didn't. They weren't great on third down, but they were opportunistic. And I think with the lesson for any coach is the Titans play good situational football. They turn the ball over. You know, they're able to make plays when it's critical. They didn't have Kevin Long in this game. They're starting middle linebacker who's made a ton of tackles all season long. It's another great win for that. You keep expecting the Titans not to do it. But, you know, I picked the Saints in this game to cover, and I was like, oh, I'm going to lose this. And I shouldn't have lost it. I mean, Booger, I was like, like Jerome Booger, I was like, okay, you're going on the Scott Novak list. Like, this is really bad. But, uh, you know, they were able to cover. But Tennessee was just, you know, there's something about teams that once you start winning, they figure out how to win during a game, even when they don't play their best. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill battled a stomach bug. He said he woke up feeling bad, and yet they somehow win this game. The second NFL team to win five straight over playoff teams from the season before. They joined the 2003 Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, they're 7-0 overall against playoff teams from a year ago. And the Saints now drop their second straight. I mean, they're five and four now without Jameis Winston. I wonder if New Orleans can be able to battle for a playoff spot. You know, I wonder why they don't put Taysom Hill in more. Although Simeon didn't play horrible, although at the two-minute drive, he killed him. He takes two sacks on the two-minute drive at the end of the first half, and they could have kicked a field goal there, and he just kills them. Like, at some point, I don't understand how these veteran quarterbacks don't know that when you don't have a timeout, you can't take a sack. You got to get rid of football. Like, there's got to be an internal clock. I mean... I mean, Bella has an internal clock. At 3.05, <laughs> she's up my ass to feed her, right? She has an internal clock, right? Like, at 7.30, she's going to bother you to eat. Like, there's an internal clock. Like, how quarterbacks don't have the Bella clock in their belt? Like, get rid of the goddamn ball. Like, get it out of there. Like, if she has it, why don't you have it? Like, seriously. Like, I'm sitting there screaming to the TV, get rid of it, get rid of it. And he ends up taking a sack, and they end up not getting any points at the end of the half, and they should have. It's horrible. And you're sitting there saying, well, that's on the coach. No, that's on Simeon. He don't have the, he don't have the, Bella, he don't have the Bella clock in his stomach. The Bella clock is something we could always use, especially when you're hungry. I mean, Bella lets you know. No, no, th- th- there's <laughs> no, th- that dog talks to you. Like, it, you, you're going you're gonna to know what time it is by what she, like, 9 o'clock. 
that dog's going to tell you she wants to go to bed. Like said, you take me out and I'm going to go to bed now. Okay. Three o'clock, feed my ass. 7.30, and then I'll leave you alone for the most of the day. But these are the, the, that clock is working. And she don't fuck with daylight savings time either. That don't mess her up either. <laughs> I'm start calling you the dog whisperer. Thanks to yeah. Bella. By the way, the Titans play seven-time Pro Bowl receiver Julio Jones injured reserve. Brown held to only one catch for 16 yards. Uh, that was in the Wildcat. Adrian Peterson handed off to Tannehill. I mentioned the fact they're obviously missing Kamara for the Saints, but it's interesting how for the Titans, like I said, they just find this way to win. And for New Orleans, I, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but it's it's going to be tricky. It really is. And Julio Jones on injury reserve with this hamstring must be like every year it's the hamstring with Julio. It's been two years with his hamstring. Like there's got to be something more to it than just the hamstring. I don't get it. You trade up all those draft picks and you know you weren't going to get 16 games out of them. I mean, if the, maybe they can keep them healthy for the playoffs. But, you know, I mean, credit Ryan Tannehill. This guy's really made the plays when it counts the most and they're able to come through and credit Mike Vrabel. If there's not a coach, if Mike Vrabel's not coach of the year, I don't know who is. We'll get the inquiry going if that does not happen. Meantime, Vikings and the Chargers. Hey, Minnesota finally wins a close one. They came into the game, five players in the COVID list, already missing four other defensive players to injury. Running back Dalvin Cook, he's involved with a former girlfriend filing a civil suit against him, and yet... Justin Jefferson comes through. Season high, nine catches for 143 yards. The Vikings had lost five games by a combined total of 18 points this season. Said Mike Zimmer, I told the team it takes a lot of courage to fight through adversity when everyone's shooting arrows at you. They came here to work. They fought like crazy all week like they always have, and it finally paid off. How about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings finally get a very much needed win against the Chargers? Yeah, it was, you know, to me, this was a custard last stand game. I mean, if Minnesota loses this game, that's over. The season's over. And they, and they, did the last stand and credit them, you know, especially considering how beat up they were in terms of the COVID and on their injury history. But I think the underlying issue here more than anything is the Chargers. The, the teams have figured out how to play the Chargers, right? If you don't let Mike Williams make a big play, you, they can't beat you. If you give Mike Williams big plays, they can throw the football all over the field. The biggest issue with the Chargers offense is they're never on the field. They're never on the field. I think it's another game they're on the field for 23 minutes. They can't get off the field on defense. You know, we're talking about Brendan Staley, uh, someone at Beeson said he, he's not only, he's the best coach in the NFL. It's not even close. I, I, you're talking about hitting the floor. I mean, like he's like he's the best. I mean, he's the best coach, and there's nobody second to him. I mean, I like Brendan Staley; he's a young coach, but that defense isn't playing anywhere near. They can't get off the field. Ad, they couldn't get off the field on third down. They, this game, they stopped the run. They couldn't stop Jefferson. Like to me, when you have an offense as good as the as the Chargers are capable of having, you got to have the ball 34, 35 minutes. The defense hasn't allowed them to do it. The best way to play great defense in the NFL is to play less defense. And the Chargers continually, week after week after week, play way too much defense because they never can get control of the game with their defense. They've got defensive liabilities and their secondary's been beat up. I get that, but they're not getting the same thing out of their front that they were in past years. To your point about time of possession, Vikings of the ball over 36 minutes. They're now with a half game at Carolina. Carolina for the NFC's final playoff spot and Los Angeles. Herbert, 195, touchdown and a pick. Keenan Allen, eight catches for 98 yards. As Brandon Staley put it, we have to execute more consistently. It is the same with the defense and the kicking game. He also said offensively, though, they had too many three and outs. So he thinks there's plenty of blame to go around. Yeah, there's no doubt. They have too many. You know, they got to be able to find some balance, but they've got to, when teams take away their big explosive plays, they've got to have the ability to make plays within their third down and critical downs to keep the ball. I mean, I think that's 
that's really what's been the issue with them. They haven't been able to control the ball because if they, it's almost a little bit like, and we'll talk about this team next, it's like the Browns. You take away the big plays, they don't really execute. I think they miss a legitimate other back to go with, to go with uh, Eckler. I think they really miss that, and I think they need to be able to, if they're going to run the Saints offense, they've got to run the ball more effectively. We'll say with regards to Eckler, he did give the Chargers their only lead of the game, 20th receiving score of his five-year career. He's the youngest running back in the common draft era since 1967 to reach that mark, 26 years of age. So clearly, he's doing what he can. To the next game that you mentioned, Vikings beat the Chargers. What the hell happened to the Browns? Uh, this is a fairly close game, right? Two five and four teams, good matchup at Foxborough. No. Oh. And the Browns, they just embarrassed the Bengals. And they got their ass kicked against the Patriots. Mac Jones carved them up. Three touchdowns to three different receivers. Stevenson runs all over them. 100 yards, 20 carries, two scores, 186 yards in the ground. And how about Baker Mayfield? Left in the third quarter, never returned after a pair of monster hits. Case Keenum comes in as well. Baker Mayfield, Mike, was averaging like three and a half yards per pass attempt. This is the final straw. This guy is not an elite quarterback. He's not. I mean, at some point, what we all we have to admit it. I know he's got a he's got every commercial known to mankind, but he's not. I mean, like you know, the the here's what it is: take away the play action passes from Baker. Make him a drop back passer. He's no different than Jared Goff. He's tougher than Jared Goff. Don't get me wrong, but it's the same problem. The same problem that that Sean Sean McVay had with Jared Goff. The same problem you have with 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 Mayfield. Mayfield's tougher. But you know, you watch the game. Mayfield can't see. Ad Mayfield can't see behind the hot pocket. The guys are open, but when he runs drop back pass, he can't see him. The line gets pushed back into him, and he and he can't find the receiver to make the throw. His number one thing he would say when he came back to the huddle when he was at Oklahoma, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. It's one of, the, in fairness to Beckham, that's what he would say to Beckham. Beckham would say, "I'm open. I didn't see it." <laughs> you know, and and this offense without Chubb, without Chubb, is hard to do because Chubb breaks eight tackles and gets 25 yards. He's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. He's one of the best players in all of football. But this is a, the deeper story here is, is that Mayfield, to me, I, I said I would pay Baker 30. I'm not sure I'd pay Baker 30. I mean, I'm watching this game like he's a backup quarterback. You know, I mean, he's no different than Jared Goff. The more you pay him, the less you're going to be trapped. And the problem is, what's the solution? Well, the solution is you got to find one. The solution is maybe you go out and draft a quarterback this year. Maybe you should have drafted one last year. But the last thing you want to do is pay this guy all the money. I mean, Detroit doesn't want to pay Goff. I mean, Goff was had a table for two, like at the Copacabana over there in Pittsburgh by the Heaters. Can you imagine he played five quarters yesterday and had 114 yards passing? I mean, seriously. I mean, but let, let's go back. AD, we talked about it on this podcast. I'm. It, 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 we talked about it at length. Everybody said, you can't draft Mac Jones third. He's not worth the third pick in the draft. All of them. You know, John Lynch and, and, and the great Adam Peters, the personnel director out there. Oh, you can't draft. You, they, no, we, we didn't make this trade. To, yeah, you did. You made the trade to draft Mac Jones. Only you two guys talked the head coach out of it. You two guys didn't want him. You two guys thought Trey Lance would diversify your offense. Now, if I was sitting in a room, you and I were together in a room, and we were to draw up the perfect quarterback for, for uh, Kyle Shannon, it would be Mac Jones. It would be, don't tell me it's don't tell me it's Trey Lance. Don't insult my intelligence. It, it's Mac Jones and Mac Jones. You can't pick Mac Jones third. You can't pick him third. You got to pick either Trey Lance or you got to pick Justin Fields third. Who's the best quarterback in this draft so far? Now it may not ch- stay that way. Trevor Lawrence might find his way. Maybe Zach Wilson. You know, but Mac Jones after ten games, he's doing everything you want him to do. He played shitty the last two weeks. He played good this week. 
He, he had good practices. He read their mail. He made every throw you need to make. He was accurate. And as this offensive line gets better for New England, which it has, no doubt, it's improved, they're going to do it. The thing about this game that's fascinating is first quarter, first drive of the game, the Brownies get the ball at like the 17-yard line of the page, uh, of, the, of their own 17. They drive it right down the field, run the ball. And instinctively, what you say when you see that drive, they're down 7 nothing. Everybody thinks, oh, this is gonna, you know, the Browns are going to take this game over. No. That th- that becomes the game of adjustments. Then after that, they couldn't do shit. Baker had like a 73 yards and 21 attempts. I mean, he couldn't do anything. And then he was horrible on third down. Yeah, one for 11 on third down. The hell, the 217 total yards. Abysmal. I mean, Belichick game planned and adjusted. Once the first drive declared what we were going to do, then he adjusts. That's called coaching. That's what you're looking for. And then they scored 45 consecutive points. Can you imagine that? <laughs> the Browns have dropped four of their last six. They haven't won at New England since 1992 when Belichick was their coach. And you're now a five and five team. And like you said, without Chubb, he missed the game because of positive. That was Belichick's test. first win, by the way, AD. Way back 92? That's unbelievable. 90, no, 91, his first win as a head coach was in New England. Wow. But it was in 91. We beat him in 91. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable run. Three decades of misery for Cleveland. Uh, by the way, Baker Mayfield said afterwards that he wanted to return. Stefanski said he could have gone back in the game. X-rays showed no structural damage, but he says he'll be okay. Pretty beat up right now. It's just an awkward hit and landing. But to your point, we said before, if he's elite, he's getting Dak Prescott $40 million a year. And we were like, okay, maybe just give him $30 million a year. Now he's a $20 million a year guy, which is still an awful lot of cheddar. But man, you take away Chubb, that's like that's like giving Superman the kryptonite. I mean, it's a complete difference. I, I mean, it is. like. Like, and their defense couldn't get, you know, their defense, you know, the defense is now complaining because they didn't make a job. I mean, Josh McDaniels called a great game. There's no denying it. He had, he was basically reading their mail. He knew everything that they were going to do. He got into the right plays. He was outstanding in the game. In terms of history, Jones, the first Patriots rookie, three or more touchdown passes in a game since Drew Bledsoe, week 18 of the 1993 season versus Miami, and the first rookie in franchise history. Think about this, three or more passing touchdowns and no interceptions in a game. That's how good Max Jones was yesterday. Amazing. He was great. He was um, he was quick-minded yesterday. That's the thing I like most about him. Their first drive, they were in third. I kept saying to Millie that they, they, they can't keep staying in these third and tens. They're going to get, you know, third and nine convert, third and 10 convert. I mean, he was great. He was dealing it and he got rid of the ball. He was decisive and he was accurate as hell. He looked like he was really comfortable with the game plan and they got to keep building on it. Look, one thing we know about the Patriots under Belichick, they are going to get better. Every single week. And defensively coming in, they were fourth in the league, averaging only 18.9 points per against, and they just completely shut down the Cleveland Browns, only giving up a stingy seven points. Without Chubb, without Hunt, good luck. And then how about the Chiefs and the Raiders? So, I mean, Mahomes, he's back. Oh, my God. (laughs) Five touchdowns, 406 yards passing. They finally get a dominant win. Been waiting for all season from the Chiefs. Uh, Vegas had won two straight games after all the drama around John Gruden. But, I mean, Mahomes, my guy played angry. He's like, okay, fine. It was like the Mark Twain line. The rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. Mahomes was sensational. He was great. And and I think the line of the week, and and this is, I, I didn't see this until Mitch Moss. I was doing his show today with Paulie Howard. And Mitch brought it up. Gus Bradley said during the week when they asked him if he was going to play the cover two shell, Gus Bradley said, we're going to do what we do. And what he does is, you know, in the past, it worked somewhat okay against Mahomes, but playing the cover one, playing the middle of the field close, it was a recipe for Mahomes to come back. Now, we'll see this week when they play Dallas, how Dallas handles them. But the Raiders, 
and I've said this all year on this podcast, I've said it on VEASAN, the Raiders defensively are not very good. I mean, they're just not very good. I mean, Crosby's a good player, and, Do- and Dockway runs past the quarterback most plays, but they're not a great defense. They're linebacking, and they're secondary, and I think what we saw where the Chiefs were angry after that horrible performance last week, you know, where they were able to beat Green Bay but didn't really win the game, and you could see them bounce back a little bit, and they showed it. And so if they get Hilaire back and they can continue to go on this, where are the Raiders going? I mean, look, I, I think Carr, I love Carr, but when the light shines on him the brightest, it doesn't seem like he plays the best. He had his third interception of the past two weeks. Often struggled to get going, particularly 82 yards in the first half. Their fewest in a home game in eight years. And our favorite topic, third downs. One for nine on third downs to fall down double digits in the first half for the fifth time this season. If you get in a big hole against the Chiefs, good luck trying to catch up. Yeah, especially when the Chiefs' offense is back. And I think the the underlying story has been that that because the Chiefs' offense has been so bad, the underlying story has been the fact that the Chiefs' defense has really improved over the last month of the season. They really have. They've gotten better. They're not, they're not dormant. They're not as bad as they were now. They've improved. They're playing more physical. They're tackling better. They're covering better. You know, the Chiefs' defense has been good enough to win with. It's their offense that wasn't. I think now we saw that we saw that even more clearly on su- on Sunday night. Speaking of defensive plays, the Raiders bring in Deshaun Jackson, filling the void by Henry Ruggs. First target of the game in the third quarter, he catches a 40-yard pass from Carr, but Rashad Fenton knocked the ball out, ball out. Teron Matthew recovered. And afterwards, Rich Passaccia, the coach, said, maybe a turning point in the game. The bottom came out after that. He just buries Deshaun Jackson. I, I mean, you know, like it really was. I mean, the guy, I don't know where Deshaun, what, what Deshaun was doing. He always carries the ball loosely. And then I, he, he, like, why didn't he just keep running? Like, it was a weird play. He should have just kept going. But Bashazi's right. That cost him. I mean, that that gain that because they're going to have the ball. They're going to maybe score and 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 cars getting some rhythm going. But at the end of the day, they couldn't. They couldn't go, and it, it became a forty-one fourteen route. Yeah, instead of the Raiders having a chance to cut into a 10-point deficit, Chiefs drove for a field goal. They made it 27-14 after that. It was going to be ball game. So Mahomes and the Chiefs are back. Meantime, there's no tying in football, says you. Lions and the Steelers. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Lions, well, they didn't lose. That's the good news. It was one of the ugliest games of the year. Pittsburgh's without Ben Roethlisberger. Mason Rudolph's in. He goes 30 of 50 for 242, one touchdown, one interception. But Jared Goff, who you mentioned earlier, strained oblique. Okay, maybe he wasn't totally healthy. 14 of 25 for 114 yards. I mean, those are the kind of numbers you expect in a half, much less a yeah. game. It's awful. They should have put David Blau in the game. I mean, seriously, if he's got, I mean, he couldn't do anything in the game. I mean, think about this, AD. There's 29 drives in the game that, you know, I think Pittsburgh had, the Detroit had 15 and Pittsburgh had 14. There's 29 of those drives. 15 of them were four plays or less in punts. 15 of the 20. I mean, if you watch this game, you're a true fan. You're a true fan. You know, as Larry David would say, you're a fucking friend. I mean, you're a friend if you watch if you watch this game. I mean, it was bad. And Dan Campbell took the play calling away from Anthony Lynn. He's over there on the sideline. I mean, Dan Campbell's got to be sitting there saying, now I know why the Rams dumped, dumped Goff. Now I know. Right. Where's all the Gump supporters? That's Goff supporters. That's Wait, what I want to know. Wasn't Lewis Riddick a big Goff guy? Oh, used to, oh, yeah. Every time I would tweet something, I would get, you know, you know, golf is one of the top five players in all of football, you know, yada, yada, you kid. This guy's a really good player. And look, we all make mistakes on evaluation, but trust me, I used to get it. I used to get all these Ram fans on Twitter would play back my Rich Eisen interview out there because I didn't think golf had rhythm. I didn't think golf could anticipate any throws. And I thought golf played scared. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. I think, and I said this at the time. I would give McVay fifty million before I'd give Golf thirty. 
You know, and I think I'm right about that. Well, think about it. DeAndre Swift, the only guy that, like, he had a career high 130 yards. So they actually had a running game. Like, Goff said afterwards, the running game was tremendous. It felt purposeful. It's something we can build on. I'm like, well, yeah, but you're the one who's going to build on that. What are yeah, you talking about? Like, yeah, like, and good thing you got, I mean, how, like, when does he get cut? Like, what day does he out there? Think about it. I mean, we didn't talk about the, the, Colt, the Colts and the Jags, but, I mean, the first two picks of that draft, Wentz and Goff, both look like below average quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. Wentz is Ricky Fowler. There's no denying that. You know, if they're pr- once the pressure, I mean, he tried another left handed pass yesterday. Like, at what point does he stop with it? Like, enough, God, like, enough, Carson. Like, you're going to kill us. I mean, that's a game they should have routed, only the, he kept them in the game. Uh, couldn't convert on third down. But I'm with you. Like, the Lions, to me, you know, they take golf in this deal. They did the Rams a favor. I mean, you're Brad Holmes. You're the GM of the team. You were in Los Angeles. You know the warts with golf. If if the system makes golf, this is the problem. You put Baker Mayfield on a shitty team. You think he's going to lead them back? You put Baker Mayfield on a team that doesn't understand how to really get him play, get him plays against good coaching. You're paying thirty million for that. I'd rather have Case Keenum. I'd rather at least I have cap room. Yeah, I, you got to find somebody else. Go trade for Mike White. And Mike White, the savior for the Jets. I mean, how about this for the Lions? You haven't won a football game in a year. You run for 229 yards. 229. That's only the ninth time in 51 years the Steelers have allowed more than 200 on the ground at home, and you don't win the game. That, that, that is how embarrassing that is for the Lions. That's awful. And, and, and fairness to the Lions, I mean, they had the Ravens beat. The clock operator screws them on that game. They get, the, they, get the, they, they, they get screwed there. They get to delay a penalty that doesn't get called. They win that game, and they should have won this game. The kid's got to make a 43-yarder. Like, at some point, you know, as bad as the Lions are, you know, they should at least have two wins. I mean, they had the Minnesota game. There's another game that they got. They get beat on a 60-yard field goal or something like that. They got a chance. I mean, they're there, especially against teams. Got to give them effort. You know, they gave effort. I mean, they're just not good enough. And Goff can't make a play when it counts. I mean, when it matters the most, he can't make a play. Incredibly frustrating for Detroit as they tie this one. All right. As always, send us your mailbag questions at gmshuffle at gmail.com. Feel free to send us a message on Instagram at the GM Shuffle. After watching Jared Goff and Dak Prescott this season especially, can someone explain how one went first overall and one went 135th in the same draft? One won in college, the other didn't. Dak was first team all SEC twice at Mississippi State of all schools. Why were these two specifically evaluated so differently? That's from Jonathan. Well, there's this thing online called the Cognitive Bias Codex. Okay. And I'm going to write about this for the Daily Coach. And basically, what it does is it, it clicks the all the biases that we have in our mind. And it lingers all of them through, you know, and we, and it, it starts in, there's four sections. What should we remember? Too much information, not enough meaning, need to act fast. And when we have too much information or when, or when the media sends in and involves themselves in a collaborative effort on who's the best player, this is what happens. You know, it, imagine if you would have picked Dak Prescott, the fifth pick in the draft in that draft, you would have been ripped. Mel would have gone completely berserk. Todd would have gone crazy. You know, everybody, you can't pick him there. And as I've said since the day I started in the career, it, Bill Walsh taught me this in 1984. It doesn't matter where we pick them. It matters how they play, right? Now, understanding that when you pick a guy, 
you got to make sure you're getting value for your dollar. You can't pick a guy who plays good, but he's not worth the fourth pick in the draft. There's value attached. There's money attached. So there is an equation. But when it comes to quarterback, it's so much bias out there. There's incredible amounts of bias, and that bias is what, what destroys them. And, and it proves the point that very few people can evaluate the quarterback. I mean, look at golf. I mean, look at golf. People were talking about him like he was great. Like, this is what drives me crazy. You got to ask yourself the question, is it the player or is it the system that's driving the results? What is it? Like, to me, I think if Lamar Jackson was under center and he was running some of Baker's offense, he would enhance that so much, he would become a better player. Like, I don't think they're maximizing it. And it was clear last week in the Blitz Zero game, Greg Roman had no answer for Blitz Zero. No answer at all. I mean, all the people that lost to Baltimore and Survivor, you basically should send Greg Roman an FU letter because he killed you. He killed you. He just destroyed you. He had zero answers for Blitz Zero in a game that he knew Blitz Zero was coming. And, and this is the problem. So you've got to figure out whether it's the scheme or whether it's the quarterback. Who's making the play? Receiver has, you know, I can remember Brandon Marshall had a game where he had 23 catches, right? Was it, did he get all 23 or did Josh McDaniel's offense give him 18 and he got five on his own? Which is, who's making the plays, right? And that's what happens with quarterbacks. And that's why Dak, who was all Southeast Conference, everybody said he was good. He went to the Senior Bowl. And make no mistake about it, the Cowboys coached him in the Senior Bowl. And they were prepared to take Paxton Lynch. <laughs> Think about that. They wanted to take, they were trying to trade up to get Paxton Lynch. They were trying to trade up to get the Michigan State quarterback that 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 the Raiders took. They coached him and still didn't even want him. It's crazy how that happens sometimes, but good news to the Cowboys. That goes right into our awards. And I want to go on the land with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Dan Quinn, the Dallas defensive coordinator, just embarrasses the same team that fired him as the coach after an 0-5 start last season. Cowboys have the Falcons, a season worst in first downs at 11, third down conversions, one of 11, 214 yards, one more than its season low. Falcons on the lamb as the Cowboys hammered him 43-3. to Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one year up lamb on Atlanta, and I want to up you. Jets? How about your guy, Robert Salai, Mr. Oh, Clean? I do Jets. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they've given up over 400 yards three weeks in a row. This hasn't happened in the history of the Jets since 1966. This is a guy, this is a, you hired a defensive specialist and the defense is atrocious. <laughs> like, Mr. Clean, it's horrible. <laughs> Mr. Clean. I, and I didn't make up that nickname. Someone sent it to me, uh, you know, but it's the perfect nickname. Mr. Clean, I mean, like, they're terrible. They got to go on the land. They belong in West Cape. They can't stop anybody. They, they gave up 54 to New England. They gave up 54 to New England. They gave up 45 to Buffalo. I mean, Indianapolis put, what, 40-something on them, too? Yeah. I mean, they can't slow anybody down. The other guy that needs to go on the lamb is Teddy Bridgewater. Did you see that effort on the interception <laughs> by Slay? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. I mean, like, what is going be on? Be a football Great. player. Yeah. Be a football player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you. I don't know how as a as the leader of the team. I know he's your quarterback, but you got to be a player, right? Where's the competitive fiber in you? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a head scratch. Maybe just I don't know. I mean, certain guys just don't want to get hurt, I guess. But I mean, the fact that the Eagles. I mean, they go into Denver. I just can't figure out this Eagles team. Thirty to thirteen, like they just hammered the Broncos. Broncos are our five hundred team. I don't get it. I can't understand. Well, it. The Eagle, the Eagles. I mean, I don't think it's complicated. The Eagles are the Oklahoma Sooners. They're the Oklahoma Sooners. They just need that. They need that little cart with that little, you know, the little the pony horses running them around the field. I mean, they're running Oklahoma's offense. I mean, they ran for over two hundred yards in the game. I mean, they had forty carries in the game. Nobody. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie want and Howie Roseman, the gentleman. They don't want forty carries. They want to throw the ball. They want to throw the ball. But they're they're, they're now you know the news is in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts is he our franchise now because they won this game, right? Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball. 
Like he can't throw the ball. If you he's no he's if you want to run Oklahoma's offense, it's perfect for you. Right. But when you play against a good team who can stop your running game and keep him in the pocket and make him play quarterback like the Saints will do this week, good luck. It's I love I love the reaction from one week to the next about this guy's our franchise. He's not. It's so bad. It's so bad. Rather than the length, they'll play all their games in Norman. That'll be good news for yeah, They should. They should. <laughs> All right, Fred Palermo Award, the best game plan of the week. Who's that going to? Well, you, you got to give it to the. I mean, I've been hard on on my man Ron Rivera all year. I thought they've done a poor job. You got to give it to him. They did a great job. Scott Turner offensively, they controlled the ball in the fourth quarter. I think you got to give it to them. I think they did a great job there. You know, I, I think the Chiefs had a great game plan against the Raiders. They knew what they wanted. Obviously, the Patriots dominated, but I think Washington that was a big upset. And Carolina, give it, give, give my man Matt Rule some love. His team came back. I think they did a great job. And if you don't know, now you know. Well, I'd like to say that now you know. There's no dominant team. I don't think there's a dominant team. I think anybody could beat anybody. Maybe the best team is you know Dallas. Show that they've got some fiber. I think now is the time to evaluate the teams. It's all about, this is the time of the year where it's about pad level, good tackling, fundamentals. And here's what I'm going to tell you. The teams that practice hard, if they practice hard now, most teams don't want to practice now. They want to, the players are sore. Everybody want, they just want to get ready for the games. The teams that spend time on the practice field and get better in November will be the team that wins. Because remember this time last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not very good. To turn things around, caught fire, then never looked back. All right, now we get to the Pop Culture Minute. Bruce Springsteen was on Colbert last Thursday. Uh, Colbert asked him a bunch of short questions. He mentioned, he said, what's your favorite thing to eat? Peanut butter, jelly sandwich, three in the morning. But when he asked him, name me one song you could listen to the rest of your life, and it's not one of yours. He went with Summer Wind by Sinatra. I mean, what an outstanding call. I mean, I could listen to Strangers in the Night album almost every night at dinner. I could listen to it every night at dinner. You know, I was, I can remember as a kid, my father would play records for us when we went to sleep and he would play that one. And that to me, I think, I, I still think, and I wish somebody would do this and I don't think we, we should do it, but I think there should be a coffee table book of the greatest album covers of all time. Hmm. You know, like I think there should be a coffee table book and Sinatra's album cover of him singing Strangers in the Night, you know, him sing uh, from that, you know from that album is one of the greatest, you know, Frampton comes alive. I, you can name them all. Think about all the great, I mean, the, the, the mamas and papas in the bathtub, right? I mean, the Eagles first one where David Geffen had the insert that was upside down. I mean, I, I would think that would be the greatest idea of all time, but I loved I love the summer win. I mean, there's nothing better than the summer win. Uh, that was ma- Millie, uh, we got that was our theme song. We got married, so I mean, oh, it fits awesome. perfectly. <laughs> Those first few strains. I mean, it's so good. You really feel like you're just kind of swaying in the wind as the song is yeah. going. I love that. Yeah, I sure did. Uh, uh, did you watch Succession last night? I did. We're now halfway through the season, and last night's episode, best of the year so far. I mean, was, it was it really? It was like a one act. You got to see. It's like a one act play. They literally all the characters converge, and they're so nasty. I mean, the dialogue is just so acidic. I mean, I think you would have a blast. I mean, you as a writer, if you think of city, hey, Mike, you can write succession. One just be in the room. You'd be like, all right, think of the greatest put downs you can think of, like the most biggest insults you got. Like, buddy, I'm from Jersey. I got a few I could use. I think it'd be incredible. 
I mean, look, I, I always want to take a shower when I'm done. I just think <laughs> how bad these people treat one another. And then that I was insulted last week. Remember when they go out there? Like, I was kind of appalled by it, right? That rich guy had, I don't know what his name was, but they had this incredible setup where they're- a- Adrian Brody. Eight, oh, he was great. Great it, actor. But yeah. I don't know who the character was, who he was portraying. But Josh. I mean, it was like Josh, who's got all the stock, right? Right, right. So he sets up this incredible <laughs> lunch outside, right? With lobsters and clams and crabs and they spend like one minute and no one eats the food like no I mean, how we w- they, they literally go to like you gotta watch this episode this was episode three i believe josh adrian Brody is one of the shareholders of waystar royco and they realize that brian cox and jeremy strong who are fighting by the way father and son do not get along they've got to convince this guy to stay with them and not go to stewie and to what mike is describing that literally it's like it's like a five mile walk to get to this place they literally have like a nice white you know, napkins and tablecloths, lobster, one bite. He's the only guy that eats. And then they leave one again. Bite. He had one clam. <laughs> they left all the food on the table. Like, how do you do that? Like, I was like appalled by that. Like, I could get over that. I was so, it killed me. It all gets back to the wasted food. Thanks once again. Mike's right. The guy doing the GM reshuffle, uh, he's sending us information all the time. I appreciate the fact he's listening to the pod. And we're going to check out JFK Revisited now on Showtime. We will. Uh, that's right. I'm going to have a review hopefully by Thursday. And then we got more Stevie Van Zandt on Thursday. That's right. Part two where Mike and him go one-on-one, talk about a lot of personal stuff, just going up in Jersey and lots of other aspects of his life. It really, really was cool to listen to. So I hope you all enjoy it. Thanks so much for enjoying part one. More GM Shuffle coming up on Thursday.